Morning everybody, welcome to the last uh, Redeemer King message of 2020 and I'm sure most of us will be glad to see the back of uh, 2020 and the, and the start of a new year. Um, but this is not only the last message of the year, it's also the last message from our P for Pandemic series. And I wanted to talk about presence or the presence of presence. See what I did there, a little play on words. But a few months ago, I had the honour to write and read a eulogy at my grand's funeral. And although it was difficult to do, it was so good just to look back at some of the memories I have of my gran and just remember those times. And one of those memories was a Christmas present that my gran bought me. So when I was younger, I remember a particular day uh, I'd been watching a cowboy film where all the cowboys were sitting around a, a campfire and eating beans. So I wanted to be just like the cowboys, so I decided that all I was going to eat that day was beans. The thing is that eating beans all day didn't have a great effect on me, so I wasn't feeling too well. So to the rescue with her caring nature came my grand to look after me. A few months later, uh, it was Christmas, and I'd got a massive present under the tree, and it, it was for me. So I was proper excited to open this present. When I opened the present, to my surprise, um, was an industrial-sized tin of baked beans. Now, at the time, I'd completely forgotten about this um, little incident where I decided I wanted to be a cowboy. So I was a bit confused at why I'd got an industrial sized tin of baked beans. But when I turned around, I just saw my gran absolutely creasing in the corner. And she then went on to explain uh, and remind me about my little incident. Uh, and funnily enough, everyone else in the room also found it funny, but I didn't find it that funny at the time, to be fair. And I think at the time, I hadn't realised what the present was. Obviously, my grandma bought me a present and it was a tin of beans, but I hadn't fully appreciated what the true gift was that she'd given me that day. And that gift was a memory, uh, a happy memory, a funny memory. And I think sometimes we can get given a gift or a present, but we don't always see or appreciate what the gift is. I think this can be similar when we look at the Christmas story. Now, I've heard the nativity story so many times, but I think sometimes we miss the impact of the gift or the present that was given. I, I want to look at uh, this very traditional Christmas passage in Matthew. So it's Matthew 1, 20-23, and it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Now, John Wesley, some of you might have heard of him, he was the founder of the Methodist movement. 
he understood what this really meant. And on his deathbed, Wesley repeated this sentence twice. The best of all is God with us. The best of all, God with us. But what does it mean when we say God is with us? Well, I think the story of the Bible from start to finish is that God wants to have a relationship with us. It's pretty mind-blowing to think that the God who created everything, the birds, trees, the earth, stars, everything, wants to have a relation. He wants us to have a relationship with him and he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to get he wants us to get to know him better. In the first bit of the Bible, the Old Testament, there's this constant cycle of God's people distancing themselves from him. But God didn't just walk away. He actually came even closer into the Christmas story when God became a man. And I guess, in essence, that is the true reflection or the true meaning of what happened at Christmas, that God became a man. Everything else like peace on earth and hope all flow out of that. Now, in our house, we absolutely love Christmas. We love Christmas that much that in every house we've lived in, the whole living room is set around where the Christmas tree is going to go. So all the furniture has to be arranged all year in the exact place ready for that couple of weeks when we have the tree up. It has to be in the perfect place. And we even have to make sure we've got power sockets in the right place just for the tree. And every year we've made a bit of a tradition of having a real Christmas tree. So on the same weekend every year, me and my eldest daughter go and pick a Christmas tree. And this year was no exception. When, when we went this year to, to have a look for the tree, all the Christmas trees, as usual, were laid out in a nice, neat pile. And we went up to the lady and said what size tree we wanted. Um, so she started picking trees up, holding them up for us to have a look at. And one by one, we'd go through them saying, oh, no, that's, that's too thin or that's too bushy or that's got too many um, random branches sticking out or... Um, it's too scruffy. And after this poor little poor lady had like spent hours, not hours, spent her time picking up these different trees, um, going through probably about 10 different trees, we decided actually the best tree that we preferred was the first one that she picked up, which she was uh, really pleased about. So after we, after we decided that that was the tree that we wanted, paid, paid for the tree, took it home, hoping that Esther would approve of the tree and more importantly that it actually fit where we wanted to put it and then came the most exciting bit trying to get the tree to stand up so took it outside cut a little bit off the bottom to try and level it up we lifted it into the stand I tightened all the screws on the stand we lifted it into place and then we cut the net off to reveal this amazing Christmas tree problem is it looked more like the crooked spire than a nice level Christmas tree. So I spent the next five hours just trying to get the thing to stand up straight and there it is in the background. The angel's a little bit wonky but there you go. The Christmas tree looks fairly straight I think. And I think God does a similar thing with us. 
it, it picks you. It knows exactly where it's going to put you. And it selected you with that place in mind. It knows uh, that you might not stand up straight. It knows that you might not be perfect, but he still paid the price for you. I just want to read this from Psalms. It's Psalm 139, 13 to 16. And it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. And some people say that the... Uh, Bible doesn't say that Jesus is God. Well, it does in this passage in Matthew that we've read earlier. It says, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when Jesus was born, he was given this name Emmanuel, which means God with us. But you might say that's great, but he's not here anymore. But after he rose from the dead and before he went back to heaven or ascended, Later on in Matthew, he said this, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I don't think he meant he'll be with us in memory or every time we look up at the stars, we can think of him. I think what he meant was he'll actually be with us, actually with us every day. And I love the Message Bible's translation of this. It says, I will be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. And before Jesus went to the cross, he made this amazing promise. Uh, and I just want to read you that. It's from um, John 14, 16, 17. And Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. And will be in you. And there are so many amazing characters in the Bible. Uh, people who were messed up. People who had their own problems and issues. But the one thing that made them stand out. Was that they had that same phrase burning inside them. That John Wesley had on his lips when he died. That the best of all is God with us. And Moses knew that. Without God's presence, there's nothing that separated uh, him or the people, God's people, from anyone else. I just want to read you this from Exodus. If I can find it. It's Exodus 33, 15 to 16. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people? unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And it's no good having good deeds or speaking the right way or dressing the right way or having loads of money in the bank or even just giving money away. That won't make a difference in your life. It's the presence of God. And I love this 
quote by Andy Croft who says, it's never been about what we can do, it's about who we are with. And there's one thing that I love um, about presents at Christmas, or at any time to be fair, and that's that they're free. Could you imagine Christmas morning, the tree is packed with presents under it, I watch my kids unwrapping all the presents, one at a time, getting very excited, and then after they've opened them all, I say, right, are you happy with all your presents? Good, good. So, Georgia, yours came to a total of £100. Now, I've had a look in your piggy bank, I've smashed it open, and I'm afraid you've only got £4.77 in there. So, you owe me... Um, I'm going to actually no. I'm going to I'm going to make this a little bit easier. George, you've got five pound in your piggy bank, so you owe me ninety five pounds. Now I'm pretty sure the excitement of the present would soon wear off, and Georgia wouldn't be as excited as she originally was if she thought that she'd suddenly got to pay for it. And actually, she's not got enough money to pay for it. She's only got five pound, so. She's got to find another £95 from somewhere. She's going to probably be um, saving up for the next few years using her birthday money and Christmas money to pay for this present that she's got. And I think that would just take the shine off Christmas. It would take the shine off of that gift giving. It would take the shine off that present. Well, God doesn't do that either. On that Christmas day, he offered us a present of being in his presence. And he doesn't ask us to pay for that present. He paid the gift. He paid for the gift. He paid for it himself. If we want God to really change our lives and work through us, we need to understand that the present, the present or the gift is in the presence. It is being in his presence. And how do we get close to Jesus and experience his presence more? Well, to acknowledge the gift and to actually uh, look back at the different P's that we've done over this series, all the different P's that we've, we've done. So through constant progress in prayer, praise and perseverance, we can discover our main purpose in life, to pursue a personal relationship with Jesus. John Wesley died with these words on his lips, the best of all is God with us. And as Wesley died with those words on his lips, it'd be great if we could live our lives with them on our hearts. So I hope you have a great remainder of the Christmas and enjoy the gift that keeps on giving, the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. Take care. God bless.